Greetings, everyone. Thanks for joining me today. This is Pastor Mike, and I'm at home in one of the, in one of the upstairs rooms of my house with my Bible open to Luke chapter 10. And we've been talking about advancing the kingdom of God through prayer, but not just general prayer, but fervent, focused, and unified prayer. There are promised blessings that God has placed in His Word by which we can position ourselves to experience His transformative power in our lives. Humility and desperation, intercession, the binding and loosing of those things which Jesus has bound and loosed in heaven, unity and the authority of agreement that comes through the assembly that is the ecclesia, the church, where two or three gather in His name to invoke the authority of the King of Kings over any given place, person, or situation. So practically, what does that look like when the ecclesia is on mission? In Luke chapter 10, Jesus gives us a blueprint that lays a foundation of understanding for how to be on mission anywhere. The ecclesia has a presence in the world. So I'd like to start in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. So Jesus starts here. He's, he's sending out groups of two um, people. He doesn't send them alone. He doesn't send the whole group of 72 out together. They're going to be practicing prayer evangelism. And as such, Jesus is reinforcing this principle of agreement and authority where two or three gather the presence, power, and authority of the king are present. He also, right off the bat here, establishes the purpose and the mission for which this presence, power, and authority exist. He tells them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you, he said. Now, this is really a precursor to Matthew 28 in Acts chapter 1, where Jesus tells his disciples to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. He said, all authority has been given to me, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Jesus' purpose is to empower us to be his witnesses, because the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So here in Luke 10, Jesus gives the example of what this can look like practically. This is really Jesus teaching Missions 101. Um, so here are his instructions, picking it back up in verse 5. It says, When you enter a house, first say, Peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Now, in this whole passage in Luke 10, there, there are actually four specific things that Jesus asked these 72 disciples to do. Today, I just want to look at the first one because it connects these three principles that we've been talking about. Unified prayer, God's promised blessing, and the ecclesia on mission. 
So in verses 5 and 6, he says, When you enter a house, first say, Peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. So he tells them, pray peace upon each house. Pray God's blessing over households. Jesus tells them to begin by praying blessings for people and to specifically pray for God's peace. So what you're asking for is the presence of God to descend on those people in that place. Now, what is God's promise in response to our faith? He says, your peace, your blessing will rest on them. God's promise is that his peace and presence will manifest itself upon those people and places for which we pray. That's a powerful promise. You know, sometimes we feel like our prayers for others don't have a tangible impact on their behalf. So we get discouraged from praying for people. Satan wants to discourage us from praying for people. He wants to put obstacles in our path. And there are many reasons why we just simply neglect to pray for others. If we're honest, we might have to say we don't pray for people just because we don't like them. We can often view people with disdain instead of love. And let's just be real. I love how Ed Silvoso in his book shares the story of how he began to practice prayer evangelism as God began to speak to him through Luke chapter 10. And he determined he was going to begin to pray for his neighbors, the people on his street. So he began to prayer walk, and he began to, to walk down the street and pray. But he found that instead of blessing them and praying God's promises over them, he found himself tell, telling God everything that was wrong with them. He said, I pointed out in disgust the morally loose, unwed mother. I demanded God do something about the couple whose fighting kept me up at night. I complained about the neighbor whose yard was a mess and was bringing down real estate values on our street. I prayed the Lord would send an angel to keep those drug-using teenage boys away from my daughters. He said, then God spoke to me, saying, I'm, I'm sure glad you haven't witnessed any of these people yet. You don't love them. You resent them. Instead of being an advocate for them in prayer, you're acting as a witness for the prosecution. And Ed cried out to God to change his heart to stop cursing his neighbors, but began to actually bless them. Now, this can be a real hurdle for us. We often spend a lot of time talking about the moral and spiritual decline of our nation and culture and the institutions of our government. We're quick to pile on with the many voices bringing judgment without hope. Now, that's never been more true than it is today. We've been watching our major cities literally burn from riots, businesses that were already forcibly shut down due to COVID-19 being looted and destroyed, racial divisions being magnified, evil people infiltrating legitimate protests for the purpose of killing innocent people and destroying the property of innocent people. Our national and local leaders often promoting violence and national division it's an overwhelming temptation to become consumed by this and to just vent our frustration at it. But God is looking for a church who will stand in the gap on behalf of the people and build up the wall. That wall that we build is a wall of blessing. I love how Proverbs 11.11 says, By the blessing of the upright, a city 
is exalted. There's power in blessing. We should never underestimate this. In Ephesians 6, we see as part of the armor of God that our feet are to be fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. That is, we are to put on the sandals of the gospel of peace. Now, sandals are for walking. It's, it's saying, as we go, we are to walk in peace. This should be true of both our prayers of blessing on behalf of those who are lost and of the fellowship that we seek with the people around us. Often through our engagement in spiritual warfare, we make the mistake of rating war as higher than peace. But Romans 16.20 says that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. It's not the God of war, but the God of peace who crushes Satan under our feet. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus and his disciples were crossing the Sea of Galilee on a boat when a storm suddenly comes upon them. Jesus was sleeping, but the disciples woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? It says that Jesus got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Peace, be still. I love that. Jesus rebuked the wind and spoke peace to the waves. It's the same for us today. We rebuke the prince of the power of the air and we speak peace over people. Our feet are to be fitted with the gospel of peace while recognizing that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in the heavenly realms. People aren't our enemy, but Satan is our enemy. So today, may we be the answer to Jesus' prayer when he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Go! I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Today, let us pray together for God's peace and blessing over our neighbors, over our nation, over our household. Let's agree together so that the tangible peace of God would rest there and remain. Amen.